Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Second hour of the show. Rolling on on a football Friday here on YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fan, 1080 AM, the Odyssey app, or 99.5 HD2. If you missed the uh, first hour of the Service Patriots podcast, you can check it out at 1080thefan.com. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash 1080thefan. And, of course, we'll spray the line at 830 today. So get those spray line sponsors in at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Uh, Swag prints out the pronunciation guide from uh, Panthers Bears. I don't know why they're not playing, but he found a pronunciation guide nonetheless. Uh, Tyson Bay Gent is what it says on the pronunciation guide. I'm telling you, just listen for it this weekend. I don't think it's going to be said the same way. I can't wait. All right. We now all have a reason to be excited when that game shows up on our red zone on Sunday. I that's And it. I never thought I would say that in a million years. That was the goal, baby. That is such a bad game. I'm betting the under. Such a bad game. Uh... We did a poll question. I, I want to get to something you mentioned with Oregon. Okay. And I get to a poll question we did here in a second. So you mentioned uh, Oregon's vertical attack mm-hmm. against Washington State. And uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm just wondering with the passing attack. This is something to watch this weekend. I, I mentioned from the Washington game, they briefly put on the screen the stats of Bo Nix mm-hmm. throwing in the pocket versus out of the pocket. And it it was jarring to me. I was on my couch like, damn, like that it's that big of a difference when he's moving and improv well, not improvising, but 
I think the reason you see so many rollouts on their passing attack is mainly out of design of maybe that's the best thing for Bo. Yeah, he throws really well on the run. And so I'm more curious if teams caught this, and we'll see with Washington State and other teams that they play, but just kind of testing Bo from the pocket and saying, we're going to kind of trap you and try to break it down. Now, that requires a good pass rush, and Oregon's offensive line is good. Mm -hmm. But I am wondering how much of that kind of plays a factor going forward for him of seeing how big of a difference it is him moving and throwing versus him having to throw out of the pocket. Because what, is he 6'2"? Uh, that sounds about right. He's uh, uh, standing next to him on the sidelines. I'd guess about six two. Okay, six, six one, six two. Six one, six two is not very tall when you're standing behind six four, six no. five dudes who are three hundred pounds. He's not the biggest dude in the world. No, so it's a little harder from the pocket. And I, I more took away from the Washington game a lot of things, but one of them was: Do future opponents of Oregon try to create defensive pressures where they want him to stay in the pocket? to see if he can beat them that way vertically. Well, to your point, I think it's a really good one that maybe that was something Washington studied leading into the game. And when key situations came on fourth down and they felt like Oregon was going to throw the ball, they seemed to be ready for those rollout plays. They did. And there were sometimes, I'm sure there was a trailing crosser route that he could go to. There's that first outside route that's probably just a little three or four yards head to the sidelines, right? You have different options on it. But on none of those plays, was there ever an opportunity for Bo Nix to run the football? Washington seemed to know that's what was coming. Um, I, and maybe this is why Oregon's calling these. It's just because he's more comfortable when he's on a bootleg and he's out of the pocket and he kind of let one fly and he's better at you know identifying the pressure and where it's coming from around him. But I, I do get frustrated from time to time watching their passing game because I, I trust Bo Nix and he's, he's played a lot of football and I think he's a really good quarterback. And I know the numbers aren't, he's not a, a Penix from the pocket, if you will, but he can do other things to hurt you and they're different style quarterbacks. But there is a frustration from time to time when they run essentially like an offense that you would think of with a, like, how do we protect a freshman quarterback? Like, if I ask you that, hey, we got a freshman starting on the road in a tough environment, what kind of pass plays are you going to call early in the game? Bubble screens, yeah, d- basically glorified handoffs. Exactly, really, an yeah. extension of the run game. Wide receiver little screens. Little bubble screens, yeah. little you know, tosses right. down to the back. Little th- Let's keep it simple. Let's get them some completions. Let's get them into the flow of the offense. And I don't, I don't think you need to handle Bo Nix with kid gloves that way. Mm. And it was nice to see them eventually get it going. But I go back, and, and not all of his long throws last week against Washington were from outside the pocket. He had a couple that were inside the pocket. But once they started hitting on those deep shots, and maybe this is a chicken and the egg thing because Oregon runs the ball so effectively that eventually the safeties came down and then they got the looks that they just simply didn't have in the first half. So that could be part of it. I don't have the All-22 film. But once they started hitting those shots in the second half, their offense seemed unstoppable. Now, they weren't because they got stopped on fourth down and couldn't score on their last drive. But they started scoring at will there for a stretch in the second half, and it largely came in part because they were throwing the ball downfield. You have one of the best wide receivers in college football, man. Troy Franklin might be the best wide receiver in Oregon history. He's on pace to set all of your your program records for a single season of touchdowns and receiving yards. They had a third and short late in that game where they just was one-on-one, throw it up to him what did he do he caught it one handed along the sideline and got you a huge first down that almost iced the game I that wanted... felt like the game when he caught it, it I did. was like oh the momentum is all that on was a third side. down on like the 20 yard line man yeah. you got a punt Washington's gonna get a short field if you don't get that and so give him opportunities I just I, they need to get that going they've had a lot of chances the Texas Tech game they missed one the Stanford game he overthrew Tez by a yard or two like they've had a lot of close shots that to me is the only missing ingredient of this offense and if they can get it it's damn near impossible to stop them I, I do want to ask you about him 
he's had a good year statistically. There's no arguing against it. I just, the one thing I'm curious about, and maybe this is a save it for the right time at the right moment at the end of the season thing. He added weight reportedly. He said this himself. He added weight because he wants to run. Mm -hmm. He is running significantly less than he did through the first seven games of last year. Yes, he is. It's, it's almost to the point where I'm noticing it on a week-by-week basis, and I'm kind of asking myself out loud, this feels like design, that they're he or they or both or whatever don't want him out running because you see what Oregon can be if you lose Bo Nix. It's, I don't know if Ty Thompson can really beat <laughs> the Utah's, Oregon State's, and USC's of the world. And I, I don't know if Oregon feels that same kind of confidence with Ty Thompson. Yeah. Something clearly is going on here with their offense where last year, even though he didn't have a ton of games over 100 yards, he put real pressure on you with his legs. He had 141 yards against Stanford. Yeah, he had like an 80-yard touchdown run in that game. 70 at Arizona, 59 against Cal, 55 against the Huskies. I mean, he, he's got some pretty good games here. 51 against UCLA. They're not running him. And I'm just it, that's something that's also stood out with him of, he made it pretty clear during the offseason. I'm adding weight because I want to run. Mm-hmm. And now the season's here, and he ain't running at the same clip. I want to say it's about a 10 rush, uh, 10 yard, uh, 10 rushing attempt difference at this point last year from where yeah. they were at. Texas Tech was the only one that stands out that they called some design quarterback runs for him, and he executed them really well. Is this an NFL thing even, maybe? I like the back I, of his mind, like, hey, I can pass it. Watch. I don't just run the football. I can throw it. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it more has to do with what you first brought up, and that is how did last season end for Oregon? Yeah. And why did they, in Oregon's mind, why did they lose some of those games? They didn't have their quarterback at 100%. They were damn lucky to win the Utah game near the end of the season. He couldn't move in that game. I would argue they were lucky to have him at the end of the season. Exactly. I thought he was going to be done. Right. I mean, and he, it was, that was like a 20 to 17 final, really low scoring. Um, and so I, I think that's part of it. The surprise, though, that I had to your larger point is it wasn't a bigger part of the offense this week. It felt I, like I it could have made a big difference against that Husky defense is having him do more design delayed whatever runs I felt like could have put more pressure on the Husky defense there is no reason to run him against Portland State there's no reason to run him against Hawaii there's no reason to run him against Stanford right like you've had some of those games early on that it's like don't even think about it don't try if you got to scramble whatever scramble just make sure you get out of bounds and slide there's no need for design quarterback runs because you don't need it in order to beat those teams this was the weekend that I thought that was going to be a bigger part of their offense and it wasn't and it's not like their offense isn't clicking they had 560 yards of total offense sure but it's an aspect of I think to the point of of these fourth down decisions and some of these calls and key third and two, fourth and one, what are you going to call? Like Bo Nix running the football can be extremely effective in those moments. His longest run of the game was a 13-yard run. It was a scramble. It was a third and 13, and he ran around and put the ball. It was a hey, hell of a run. They had to go recheck the spot Dude, because they, had, they weren't sure if they had it. He right. showed you in that moment. Like he is a, He's a problem when he runs the football. I think it's, it's largely, though, they just realize like we don't really – and and most teams don't, right? If Michael Penix goes down for Washington, their season's toast too. Like this isn't just an Oregon problem. Oh no. But it's an aspect of like, do we want that guy healthy? We feel like we need to protect him the best that we can. I was surprised though it wasn't a part of their offense more so against Washington than, than we just didn't really see it. Is you would know this better than me. Uh, is there any particular reason Oregon didn't wear these sweet ass <laughs> throwbacks a week ago in Seattle? I just yeah. I you know, controversial topic. Somewhat polarizing for grown adults to be arguing about, but uh, here is Oregon with uniform controversy. God, the throwbacks are so sweet. They're the, I, just I, unbelievable. I just 
don't understand why, if you want to do different variations of them, I, I text a buddy of mine who's a diehard Duck fan, and he was asking how I felt about Oregon State uniforms, and then I asked him about the paint splatter Oreo uniform, and we basically agreed on everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah I wish the Benny was on every week, and I, I go, man, I, I don't root for Oregon, but like truly tell you as a child growing up here with no allegiances to either school, loved the Oregon uniforms, the UO, and then they did the branding with the Joey Harrington yeah, final season, yeah. and that was fine, but I love the UO. It's a classic, easy logo to love, and color scheme's great, and then they're doing chrome and gray and i don't know like <laughs> not wearing school colors in big games is yeah, that what you're talking that's about that's kind of all i'm saying green and yellow yeah. are your school colors and you should wear them in I the big love, games I, that you play I, I think they're good school colors it's a great color I, scheme man it's i i wish more of you guys would exist You'd be like stop it I know. please i know I, I we there were a lot of us that were frustrated i think last week i'm not a big fan of the the paint you know speckle uniforms i just not my cup of tea. This weekend is. I am, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to Washington State. I wish it was for a bigger game. Sure. Uh, this is this is like the, the. I think their argument of why they're wearing them is it's homecoming, which to me was never a big deal in college. Like, did you guys ever do anything for homecoming in college? Was it anything different that week for you? I went to a game once and I was hammered. Yeah. And someone goes, "Oh man, I'm so glad we're winning this game on homecoming." And I go, <laughs> "I remember turning and I go, you know, nobody's ever told me what do we do at homecoming in college." And he yeah. goes, "We get effed up, man. We get effed up. <laughs> we and do I'm that like, every weekend." Okay, that sounds like every Saturday in Eugene. I was like, "Okay, well, we're going like to high school. Game. It was a big deal. You'd have a dance. There's homecoming. Like there was a thing that went into it. In college, it just was another game, another weekend. High school homecoming. That was a big week when you got to homecoming week. Always hoping for a little handsy in the dance, huh?" <laughs> Where those hands are going to go, You got to get low, 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 low. Yeah, I'll get low. Uh, The college thing, though, it cracks me up. Like, they did it. They're doing it this weekend for homecoming. And I'm like, you should have worn those against USC. Are we going to wear those against Oregon State? Can we wear those in the last Civil War? Are we going to wear stupid chrome, like, silvered out uniforms in the last Civil War ever? Or can we get Benny in the interlocked UO, for the love of God? Give me the duck crushing through the O and Benny on the other helmet. That's what I want. Um, I'll put a poll question up. What do what does homecoming mean in college? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know how to do that poll question, but does it mean anything in college? I'll put a poll question up on that one. Uh, coming up next, a little controversial, the results of this situation. I'll tell you what it is next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we'll go to Daniel Gallen. He covers Penn State for Lions 24-7 for the Daily Ticker. Prove it. Prove it. That's uh, that's my only message to Penn State this weekend. It's going to be a DVR game for me. I'm going to be on my way down. The show starts at eight, so I'm going to get home Saturday at some point and dive in because I am I cannot wait to watch that game. Well, Oregon, Washington going to the Big Ten next year. Like Penn State loses to Michigan, Ohio State again this year. I I just I'm never taking them seriously again. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just tired of it. I'm not quite there yet, mainly because of their quarterback. I think Drew Aller is only a redshirt freshman, if I'm not mistaken. He's a frosh. Yeah, okay. He's so a frosh. He was there last year, but they got him a cup. They kind of did the Aiden Childs thing with him last year, where he got a series here or there just to get him some flow and some feel. Uh, but they, you know, th- there was a lot made of that question from the reporter the other day about throwing the ball downfield. Their offense does not have an explosive passing attack down the field. So it was a really dumb and bad way to ask that question, but I understood what he was trying to get at, and they got to do that this weekend. You put a poll question up yesterday, uh, which I didn't see any of our tweets again, so I'm, I love that X has somehow like blocked my own show and your Twitter accounts from me seeing it ever on my timeline. We now have countless bots, too, responding with uh, news oh, stories or dude. weird websites about Israel and Gaza and Hamas. Yeah, and, yeah I, like, somebody responded, stop. and I had some Israel-Hamas stuff in my mentions, and I'm like, did I accidentally retweet something or what? Nope. Nope. I had to block like seven bots yesterday. Shout out, Elon. You're doing an exceptional job with Web- the dumbest purchase in maybe human history. <laughs> Website's going great. Uh, if you could only pick one of these games to watch this weekend, which do you pick? Utah at USC, Penn State, Ohio State, Lions at Ravens, mm-hmm. Dolphins at Eagles. And I I shouldn't be, but I am. I'm surprised that right now leading this vote is Penn State at Ohio State over Dolphins at Eagles. <laughs> and Utah at USC, and in the very back distance, Lions at Ravens. It's almost as if everybody that voted on this couldn't care less about that game. Yeah, it's a tough one to answer, right? I think it would have been more fitting to do like a college one and an NFL one because if you're asking me which NFL game I'm more excited for, it is Eagles and Dolphins than over Lions and Ravens. What game are you more excited for, Penn State, Ohio State, or Eagles, Dolphins? Penn, I answered Penn State, Ohio State. Really? I did, mainly because, Man. like, the, I, and it's not that I'm not excited for both. Obviously, I can't wait to watch both of them, and Sunday Night Football is going to be awesome. It, it's more about I, I love these games in college football of the like we're on a great streak right now. Now I'm on the losing end of it, but two weeks ago you had the Red River shootout. Oklahoma and Texas was awesome, dude. That was such a good college football game. Oregon and Washington this past weekend was one of the best games that I've ever watched, and I hated the ending of it, but that was such a good game. Like we're on a really good streak right now. I think Penn State Ohio State's going to be the exact same way. I don't see either team blowing this out. I don't see Ohio State having the offense that can separate and pull away. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little low scoring early. I think we're set up for another classic, and I can't wait to watch it. The big. Big Ten title implications. Remember, they don't have the no division thing. So you have to win that division to play for the Big Ten championship. Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are all in the same division in the Big Ten, which makes no sense. And so it's a massive, massive game, not only for the conference race, but for the college football playoff as well. The weird thing about it is yesterday I said what I don't like about college football is when a team loses a game, the entire fan base freaks the F out, plays the schedule game, and then says, well... And then if they lose the second game, there's a lot of fan base to go, well, season's over. Yeah. You know, and they'll watch and they'll follow, but they're sitting there disappointed. And I think that's the advantage it has over the NFL for some is 
the stakes of Penn State, Ohio State are so much bigger than Dolphins either losing in Philly or Philly losing to the Dolphins at home. Could be a great game, but you're going to leave it not worried about the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. Uh, No, nor the Dolphins, I think, even if they lose. But what I don't like about that is this is still the biggest football game of the weekend. You can slice it eight different ways. And if you like college more than the NFL, then you're going to disagree with this. This is the Dolphins and Eagles is the biggest game of the weekend to me. It's the best game of the weekend. I don't know. I, okay, I, I maybe, disagree maybe, with Biggest. Maybe that's the I way. I disagree with Biggest. Maybe the that's best. the way to say it. It will be the best football product likely on television this weekend. Matchup-wise on paper going yeah. into games, this is, I think that's the right way. Best. Biggest, it, it it's always going to probably be college here because everything's, it, it feels like a playoff game every time you get one of these, which is great. But also, I don't like it because, in a way, you're punishing a team for, oh, not being perfect for 12 weeks. Yeah, this is why I can't wait for an expanded playoff where these games are still amazing. We still care a ton. There's still going to be a freak out from the losing team. But there's not that sense of, like, oh, God, what's next if you lose a a game against a top-five team on the road in the regular season? If that had existed this year, would these percentages be tilted a little more towards Dolphins-Eagles? I don't know. That's a really good question. That's always been the criticism of an expanded playoff. Because it's a .4 margin. It's a very tight margin between those. I've always said that the blessing and curse of college football is it is the only sport when your team loses a game, it feels like you have to do an autopsy. If the Eagles lose at home 31 to 28 to Miami on Sunday night, nobody is going to sit around and say, God, what's wrong with the Eagles? What if Hurts throws two picks, no tuds? That's seven yeah, touchdowns, I guess nine picks. Style of play that you that it turns out maybe that leads to it. But if Miami loses 42 38, but Tua plays great, they just Philly has the ball last. You're not going to say, God, I'm not, what's wrong with Miami? Why can't you're just going to say that was a hell of a game? You got to get better defensively if you want to win in the playoffs, but you're not going to have a panic meter. This is going like this game, Ohio State, Penn State. Do Ryan Day, the way he handled that Notre Dame win, oh. you could tell that was built up angst of hearing over and over and over again about him not being able to win the big game, his team not being physical. And Lou Holtz just happened. It was like, you're mad at your dad, you're not mad at me. Lou Holtz just happened to be on the other end of that. Dude, if James Franklin loses this game, everybody in Penn State's going to be saying, likely, like, when? When are we going to start winning these? His he's dominated Penn State in his record against Ohio State and Michigan is like three and fifteen. He can't beat these teams. We need to go to Daniel Gallon. We'll spray the line an hour from now. So get the spray line sponsors into the Vancouver Ford text line. What I'll say to you is this: If we can bring this back with Daniel Gallon, I think you're right in some ways. I think the fans would point to those matchups and say, "Man, you don't do very well here." I'll be curious to hear Daniel's reaction. I kind of disagree with you though. I think the fan base is totally okay being what they are. Really? Yeah, I do. I do. Now, do they want to win a title again? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not arguing to fire him because that's dumb. No, no. But nine and three, ten and two, seemingly every year. I kind of think the fan base has accepted what they are. Maybe I'm wrong on that, and I don't follow Penn State closely enough. But I think he does a pretty good job. It's just hard to beat those programs specifically. They out recruit you. Now, Penn yeah. State's done a much better job in that department. But let's ask Daniel Gallum that. Penn State at Ohio State. We'll dive back into the NFL. we got Lions, Ravens, Dolphins, Eagles. Some good games on the slate. Not just the uh, Tyson, Bajent, and uh, uh, Aiden O'Connell, AOC. The Green New Deal, as they call them in the streets. Uh, so we'll get to some NFL that matters. We'll spread the line at 830. Daniel Gallen covers Penn State for Lions 24-7. He joins us for the Daily Ticker to preview that big game next. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time on a football Friday. The great part about being on YouTube now is that people think that Swag came in here during the break to yell at us about something like <laughs> Somebody texted in, look at Daddy Swag coming in to yell at the boys during the break. Uh, if only you knew what Daddy we were, Swag. Daddy Swag. We might start calling him Daddy Swag around here now. Somebody actually yesterday, one of our P1 uh, said, uh, hey, can we get a Swag update cam? Like, they want to watch him do the updates. We do on some of them. Not all of them, but I know some of them we do. I don't well, we think go. he has just his camera, though. Like, yeah, not we got to solo him. on yeah. just update cam. Just Swag cam. So, uh, you know, we were yelling about things, but not at each other during the break. Uh, let's talk about the big game this weekend with somebody who knows a lot more about it than we do. Daniel Gallon at Daniel JT Gallon on Twitter covering Penn State for Lions 247. Daniel, good morning to you. How much, like, I can't wait for this. How much pressure is on James Franklin for this one? We know how good he has been. The record against Ohio State and Michigan, not good. This feels like a year that they can compete and maybe Ohio State isn't what they have been. Just how much pressure is on Franklin going into this one tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think that the I think the better way the better way to look at it is that there's a lot of expectation uh, on Penn State and James Franklin. I mean, you look at the defense that they have, you look at the quarterback that they have, you look at how they've performed through these first six games of the season. Say what you want about the competition, um, but I think that the expectations are really there, and I guess you can say with expectations comes a little bit of pressure there, um, but. You know, I, I think that the way things are set up, that there's, you know, a lot of a lot of confidence um, and you know more expectation, I think, than pressure. I, I think that that's how I look at it right now. Yeah, Daniel. Like, not every team is the same year to year. We know that. I'm, I'm, my position on this. I'm excited to watch this to see if Penn State can pull off this this upset. And you'd be better served to answer this or kind of respond to it uh, than anybody else. But like, my reaction is. Penn State's beaten Ohio State one time since 2012. Like, prove it. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is a good team, but prove it. Enough is enough. They're 10-2 and two or 9-3 and three every year, and their couple losses are against the two juggernauts of their conference. Do you feel like they're going to be able to prove it this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think that they are probably better positioned than they've been in a long time to prove it. Um, I mean, you look at what they have, especially in the trenches, I mean, you know, Penn State basically lost the game last year, um, you know, with the, the matchup between the Ohio State defensive line and the Penn State offensive line. I think that Penn State O-line this year is a lot better. Um, I think the Penn State Penn State D-line this year is a lot better. Um, and I think that those are kind of the things that you can hang your hat on um, as things that can change or alter a game. You know, that's where you get the confidence. And, you know, when I was going to pick this game, I, I think that that's something that I really, really looked at. 
Mm. I, I remember when talking to you before the season started and a lot of the expectations at Penn State were about Drew Aller and just what he was going to bring and having kind of a difference maker at quarterback, you know, in, in, a, in such a highly touted uh, kid coming out of high school. What, what, have you, what, have, what have Penn State fans seen from him? What have you seen from him here early on in the season? And how do you think he's ready to handle what I think people would argue is that first kind of showcase game for him on the national stage? It's going to be really interesting to see what he looks like tomorrow. Um, I think the the best way to describe what he's been through these first six weeks of the season, and I know this term can get used as a pejorative uh, by some people, um, but I don't really think it is in this case, but he's really been a game manager. Um, you know, he's done what Penn State has needed him to do. Uh, he has not turned the ball over this year. Um, he has no interceptions. He fumbled the ball once, and Penn State recovered it. Going back to last year, 16 games with no turnovers. You know he's making he's making the throws when he needs to make them. You know he's you know checking the offense at the line, getting them into the right looks. And the offense, even though it hasn't had those big plays, has been moving very very efficiently uh, with Drew Aller as the quarterback. Now tomorrow, I think it's going to be the first time this year where he's going to need to make some big plays. He's going to need to make some big throws. Penn State is going to need to score quickly at some point. Um, and I think that's where you know we'll look at Drew Aller and we'll learn a lot about him. What's your prediction for the game? You mentioned a prediction. It's the big nooner 9 a.m. kick at Ohio State. Tough environment. What's your prediction then? So going into the season, I had Penn State finishing the year 11-1 and uh, with the loss at Ohio State. Uh, you know, six weeks into the season, I think I still see Penn State finishing 11-1, and but I'm willing to flip that loss off of the Ohio State game. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be Michigan or someone else, um, but I'm going with Ohio, or I'm going with Penn State tomorrow at Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I look at what Penn State should be able to do up front defensively. Um, you know, last year Marvin Harrison Jr. really got his against Penn State, but it didn't really swing the game that much. You know, he had a very quiet 10 for 185. C.J. Stroud had a very quiet 354 yards uh, through the air. But this defense this year is improved. I think the offensive line is improved. Um, I think that you have a little bit of an upgrade in terms of the ceiling of quarterback uh, with Drew Aller and Sean Clifford. And I just think that Penn State is really going to be able to get after Kyle McCord. So I've got Penn State 31, Ohio State 27. Ooh, we got a couple of weeks in a row of a really good game in college football. That would be one. Last one I have for you, Daniel. Um, you know, I, we, we joke all the time in college football, it's the only sport where if your team loses, you kind of have to do like an autopsy and people freak out. Like Oregon's been going through that. They played Washington this past weekend. And certain calls and you're questioning the coach and where do you go from here and all that. What's the reaction at Penn State if they are to lose this weekend? How are they rational enough to say, hey, this is a road game against a top-five team? Is there panic? Is there pitchforks? What's the reaction if they lose tomorrow? I, I think you're always going to have that very vocal segment uh, of the fan base. I think that you'll hear a lot of, you know, James Franklin can't beat Ohio State. James Franklin can't win the big one. Uh, at the same time, the way that the schedule is set up, um, you get that crack at Michigan um, on Veterans Day at home at Beaver Stadium. Um, if you turn around and win that one, um, you're and you finish the year right now. You're 11 and one. Who knows what happens elsewhere in terms of you know getting you in to the into the Big Ten title game. And I think when you look at the the way the 14 playoffs is set up, I mean if you're 11 and one and you beat Michigan and your only loss is to Ohio State, obviously depends on what else Ohio State does. You know you're going to be in the conversation for a top four spot. So 
you know, I think last year we saw it where, you know, Penn State, excuse me, lost their first one to Michigan. And, you know, that there was kind of that autopsy. There was kind of the, you know, asking a lot of questions. Where do we go from here? But at the same time, people knew that you have that, you had that Ohio State game uh, looming there. So, you know, I think that even if Penn State comes up short tomorrow, um, you know, the way the schedule is set up, you have that Michigan game. You, know, you still have a route you know, to Indianapolis in the Big Ten title game. You still have a, a route to make a case for a spot in the college football playoffs. So, you know, if things don't go well, I mean, it's, it's going to do good traffic for our message board. Um, but, you know, I, I think that people are going to know that there's still season remaining. Yeah, Daniel Gallon, great stuff. Covering Penn State. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Daniel JT Gallon, and he's covering Penn State for Lions 247. Uh, I'm sure everybody over there is fired up. I can't wait to watch this game tomorrow. Thanks so much for the time and the preview out here in Portland, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Daniel Gallen, previewing Penn State, Ohio State. I, I can't wait. There is going to be a freakout that happens either way. Like, even if Ohio State loses this game, there's oh, a... That, that's a that's a legit freakout. I <clears throat> I think he's kind of getting to my point, though. Like, the vocal minority of Penn State will be loud. I think most fans are just going to kind of shrug and go, well, we'll try to beat Michigan. Like, I I just feel like more people are rational, but it's the 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 super minority that pop off on the message boards on Twitter sure. on whatever and and be mad about this I, you got to be realistic this isn't the 90s anymore it ain't Joe Pa it's a tough tough sport to to win and do, go against those two teams themselves yeah this might be a good chance they haven't won in Columbus since 2011 holy hell uh it's been a while Re- weirdly 2010 and 2011 back-to-back years they played in Columbus and they didn't go on and off but if they're going to have a year, it's this, this year. Kyle McCord sucks. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. He's not very good. None of the metrics support him. He's got one of the best receiving cores in the country, and it just feels like a, a, a bit of a lackluster season for them offensively in some regards. But, damn, does that defensive line, they can wreck teams, and now you're going against a freshman, so... Who knows? Go back and look at the highlights from the game last year between these two. JT Tuomalau basically single-handedly won this game. He had a pick six. Took he over two completely. interceptions in a row, didn't he? Yeah. And one of them was a pick six. He it won was the a game. tight game in the fourth quarter on the road, and he just dominated and was like, ah, I'm going to go win this game right now. They and ended up blowing him out. They did. It was like, <laughs> holy hell, that came out of nowhere. And so, I, I don't know. I, I'm fired up for this one. It should be a lot of fun. Penn State, Ohio State, 9 a.m. tomorrow. I think this speaks to the Big Ten Conference in general. Ohio State is number one in the conference in passing, three hundred yards. Yikes! It's not. It's just not a good conference. Like Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa. Like you hear those, you don't think elite offense. Yeah. It's a down conference year in offense, but Ohio State can still reign supreme because of the surrounding talent. And now also do the fun game of what happens if Ohio State wins this game tomorrow. Penn State beats Michigan at Penn State, and then Michigan beats Ohio State in the final game of the season. Have fun! Have fun solving that conundrum. Well, of, who gets into the Big Ten title? We'd have you to would go have to go to, to tiebreakers, right? Yeah, you'd have to go to tie. They'd all have one loss. Yeah. They would all have the. It would be like the year Washington, Oregon, and Oregon State all had that like round robin beating each other thing. And it's like, well, who gets it? Who won the head to head? But you can't do a head to head. So have fun with that. The division thing is so dumb that the Big Ten still does that. But this is a big one in that division and for that conference championship race and the playoff race. Let's get to the rest of the slate in college football this weekend. Another tight sphincter game that I would love to talk about. Also, cupcake number two. <laughs> the tough. Tum starting to rumble a little bit. Let's throw some more sugar in it next on the fan. Hey, Roger Klotz, what's happening? Welcome back in. 7.50 here on a Friday morning. <laughs> 
They're rebooting that. Did I see that headline right? Didn't somebody tag us in that? They're yeah. bringing Doug Funny back? It's uh, Doug and Patty finally got it on. Doug lost his V-card and he had a baby. <laughs> Put that mayo in Patty mayonnaise. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Cupcake challenge number two. Cupcake challenge this number two. This is a two. very fancy, moist-looking cupcake. It looks kind of like the uh, Hostess. Yes. With the Hostess. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you on YouTube, you can watch us eat cupcakes. Yeah. That's a thing. We're so doing this. So this would be a standard, what would be considered a standard, standard or regulation-sized yeah. cupcake. I still don't know why I had to eat the small one this morning. I'm still I'm still frustrated by that. <laughs> when you go wine tasting, you have a flight of wines. And I they get drunk at the through. end of it, and it's fun. Yeah, he's going to have to bowel movement a lot <laughs> after the show. Well, the final, the I got final one. Twenty-eight is, ounces look. of coffee in my stomach right now, and I'm throwing a sugar bomb on top of it. You can dial this any way you want. The reality is, again, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. You wanted to be fat swag today because none of the conversation yeah. was around tiny cupcakes. Yeah, I know how to eat a tiny cupcake. It fits in my I mouth. Just had a moment of inspiration there. At inspiration the... is what we call it, huh? Okay, I'll take a bite. Here we go. Doug has commented, "I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cupcakes." All right, that was a clean bite. I see nothing on the face. They're pretty good. Okay. There is a cream filling in there. <laughs> Hopefully it's not like Van Wilder. You have any dog? <laughs> I've had this before. Did you go in at it at the same time, too? Did you already bite it, Swag, or no, you not yet? No, no I, got not yet. I got it. I got it here. It's uh, fudge frosting. Fudge frosting. With white inside. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. I'm going to regret this. I have yard work I have to get done today. And Do we have to eat the entire thing, or can we just bite into it? He spent his money, man. You can... He's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're poor. We're on the radio. Hey, we're on YouTube now. Once upon a time, being in radio actually meant you made good money, and now it doesn't. Or it would have meant there would have been somebody ready to bring cupcakes in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah our... this would have been a sponsored deal. Exactly. And, well, this brought to you by... <laughs> All right, I just pulled up the YouTube feed. It looks like I got a little chocolate on Swigart's face there for a moment. Huh? Yeah, a little chocolate on, on the face. On. Stop. Stop. Can we pause? Yeah, what do you got? Getting a tiny bit of frosting is no different than having a chocolate chip from a cookie or a little pie crumble. Or a little milk mustache. This is not how all this... <laughs> little milk mustache. I love a milk mustache. You spilling cookies all over your face? Does that happen when no. you eat cookies? My you just point end up is, with cookies on my forehead. How th did that happen? This is not how this started. You have <laughs> you have morphed this into you winning no matter what. Yeah, because you know I'm right. No! You know I'm right. You flat out were like, I don't know how to eat a cupcake. And we were like, what? <laughs> the cupcake is... It's a problem, man. It's not a problem. It's a problem. All right, I got to buy... Okay, well, I got, somebody's got to be able to talk here. You two fat asses. <laughs> are just shoving cupcakes in your mouth left and right. It's a good cupcake. This is though. all about me trying to eat cupcakes. You guys are just looking for excuses to eat cupcakes in the morning. I don't even want to eat this one. Whose dumb idea was this? A fat swag. <laughs> I don't even like desserts, man. I don't even like cupcakes. All right, go ahead. Give me a there cake, damn it. It was a three-biter. Right. You like cake better than cupcake. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, I got a fork and there's, you know... You know what I almost did uh, before swag? Because I knew swag was going to buy them. That's pretty good. I went to Costco... Mm -hmm. And I had to pick up a couple of things. I swung by the the uh, bakery area, which is <laughs> such a dangerous game to play, man. Costco has all of the good baked goods. It's one goods. of the best smelling Unbelievable. places you can go. It's really good. And I drove, and I, I drove. I walked past their cupcake, the Costco cupcake, because that's what we're talking about, the bigger than normal cupcake. <laughs> do you know what they have right now? <laughs> what do they have? They basically have an apple pie on top of a cupcake, and I almost bought that to play this game. One, because I'm... Inside, I'm fat, and I wanted to eat it. Deep down, I'm fat. But also, I knew it would be the messiest possible thing you could eat. Now, was that a Deep true down, cupcake, I'm, I'm or fat. was that a muffin? 
No, so it's it looks like the size of their muffins, but they make cupcake version okay. sizes of I was those. Just, I was just clarifying. Oh, yeah, no, it, it was definitely a cupcake. <laughs> definitely a cupcake. <laughs> You're right, dirt. Um, people, are, people are identifying swags frosting on the face. Joel has commented that, so people have identified that. Let me. Uh, Jeremy said, I look clean. I made it out clean. Let me finish my Michigan schedule here. Cody has said, swag <laughs> eating a cupcake is as bad as swag's take on Baker Mayfield. I don't know what your take on Baker what Mayfield is. What was my take is, on Baker Mayfield? But we're now computing the two together, which I kind of like. I don't remember my... Oh, I didn't have a take. Somebody said, that's what it was. Dude, thank you. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on. Let me finish this Michigan schedule. (laughs) Yeah. When you were out. Yeah. Oh, my God. An (laughs) all-timer. What happened? What did I miss? Friday show. Feeling good. Come back at a, you know, went a little over the clock, so we have a shorter segment. <laughs> and I look at Swag, and I'm I'm looking and reading. Baker did an interview, and it was before they had lost to Detroit. <laughs> and I go, man, Baker's having a good moment for himself. People are talking about him in a positive way. The Bucks are off to a nice little star. Like, how about Baker? And Swag literally goes, after I say, what about Baker, huh? <laughs> Swag goes, I, I, and I go, are you going to say anything? And he goes, I don't. I, I, and I was like, do you have an opinion? You got do nothing? You, and he goes, I got nothing. <laughs> he just, on the air, I got no opinion. <laughs> he just this guy inundates mm. me inundates me with with opinions on everything in the world. Everything. He just had no take on Baker Mayfield. And I get to Baker Eleven. Mayfield, and he just sat there and was like, nah, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> littering in. And I'm like, great radio. Littering in. Great radio. Thank you for bringing that back, Cody. <laughs> All right. That's well played right there. Well, there you go. Cupcake challenge number two. Uh, somebody asking, I don't get it. Why are you eating cupcakes on the air? No, I know. It's it's, yeah. it's not great radio. We understand that. But, but if you uh, missed it, then... We, I, I mentioned earlier in the week that I have a hard time eating cupcakes. Cupcakes are a problem. Big cupcakes. I don't know how to bite into them. Well, your next cupcake is called the chocolate explosion. <laughs> More chocolate? More chocolate? Really? You had to go there on a Friday? You had to um, go there? Really? You know what they say, right? We're going to get a chocolate explosion in the 8 a.m. hour, huh? All over. <laughs> So that's what it stemmed from was a was a statter story thing about cupcakes. I said I have a hard time eating cupcakes. I have I I just it's, they're too big. I don't know where to bite in. The problem with cupcakes especially is that the the frosting is the, the icing is delightful, right? We all love the icing. Sure. It's too much on its own. Like if you just take a bite of the frosting off, that's way I can't handle that. That's like too much. But that's a pretty moist cupcake we have. That's here. a sugar bomb going off. Sure, the cake part of it when is when they're moist, they're good. They're okay, but also I don't just like whoever just eats the cake part alone. Like no, I just don't want to eat plain cake. When you bake a cake, you put like there's you don't just make the cake part with no icing and no filling. You need something with it. Usually it's just kind of dry. That was pretty moist. I like a moist. Yep. Don't pull that. Yep. So that's the hard part with the cupcake is you need to have both. And when they're big, it's hard to bite into it because you want the icing and the cake as a right. part of your bite. Right. And that's the difficult challenge. So we went our house. We would call this a nori. My daughter is notorious for basically going off a cupcake plate, grabbing one, <laughs> swiping the frosting, and then putting it right back amongst the other ones. And you look and you're like, who licked the frosting off of this? <laughs> and then you see her over there with chocolate in her mouth. She's like, I don't know. And going crazy, running around in circles. <laughs> she doesn't like the cake part. You're so right. She doesn't like the cake part of this. Big game this weekend, though, huh, Eugene? Big game. Cupcake talk for two days in a row. <laughs> 
Well, I'll just wait for the last segment or spring in the line. I think we're going to do it during spring in the line. We're going to get a chocolate explosion in our face at 830. Well, so, that would line up with our picks. So <laughs> if you're uh, tuning in on YouTube, we in thank you. And uh, if you're not, you can check it out on YouTube if you missed this and where you're wondering why we're doing this on the radio. Let's show this highlight now, too. We'll break down this place. See this post route. Oh, wait, no, that's bad radio. <laughs> okay, we got a lot to get to uh, in the final hour of the show. Some more thoughts on the college football weekend. Tight sphincter game. That's coming up. We will spring the line at 830, so get your fake sponsors in at the Vancouver Ford. Text line 503-864-6326. Some thoughts on the big NFL matchups. It is loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 